Today's podcast is brought to you by the Nutritional Therapy Association. The NTA trains and certifies nutritional therapy practitioners like me and consultants by focusing on bioindividuality. One size diet doesn't fit all. And the range of dietary strategies that support wellness. Being healthy overall, y'all. The NTA emphasizes a whole food. Vegetables from our front yard and backyard gardens. Properly prepared. Like fermented and sprouted. And nutrient-dense diet. Like grass-fed butter and grass-fed beef. As the key to restore storing balance and enhancing the body's innate ability to heal. Throughout their programs, students learn a wide range of educational tools and techniques to identify and correct nutritional imbalances and deficiencies in their clients, and they launch a successful career in holistic nutrition. And they might become best-selling authors and podcasters, too. The NTA produces like-minded practitioners and consultants that we consider the leaders in health and wellness. Oh, yeah. Registration is now open for May classes, and you can learn more and save your seat by going to nutritionaltherapy.com. Go sign up. And don't forget to mention Jimmy and Christine Moore on your application. What's that website again, Christine? Nutritionaltherapy.com. Go sign up, y'all. You hear? Oh, yeah. You're so silly. Good news, low-carb, ketogenic, real food fans. A real good foods company is now in all U.S. Walmart stores. They have enchiladas, poppers, cauliflower crust pizzas, mini pizza bites, and the chicken crust pizzas in 3,500 Walmart stores. Real Good Foods pizzas are grain-free, gluten-free, and of course, low-carb, high-fat, ketogenic. This is real food, and now it's available at your local Walmart. Get exclusive offers from Real Good Foods by texting RGF to 474747. And be sure to visit realgoodfoods.com to learn more about Real Good Foods' ketogenic line of products. Real Good Foods. Living La Vida Low Carb, this show is changing lives. We talking about your diet, trying to get you feeling right. Cut up them avocados, fry some eggs, time to explore. The longest running health podcast, hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage, we're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal, yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused, don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Hey. The Living Low Carb Woo! You're listening to a special presentation of Jimmy Rants on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Jimmy and Christine are traveling, so we're bringing you some of the best content from Jimmy's daily show, Jimmy Rants. Want to know what the very latest is in nutrition news? Follow Jimmy at JimmyRants.com for all of the archives and links to his social media where you can engage live with the content. Stay tuned now for a special Jimmy Rants on the LLVLC show. Today's Jimmy Rants is a topic that will be good news for those of you that like to eat sweet treats in your ketogenic lifestyle. Because for the longest time, we have been stuck with the basic sweeteners that are out there, most of them being very artificial types of sweeteners. Things like uh, aspartame, which is known as NutraSweet, and sucralose, which is Splenda. And if, you, and if you're really, really old school, you remember Real Sweet, which was this kind of liquid that they had on the tables that was saccharin or sweet and low. Well, 
In recent years, we've been introduced to some other new sweeteners, things like erythritol um, and other sugar alcohols, which are really bad. Stay away from maltitol, by the way, unless you like poopy pants. Um, but erythritol is, tends to be one of the better ones that's out there. Uh, stevia, of course, some people call it stevia, but I was corrected one time on my podcast from a, an expert on sweeteners and he says, actually stevia, so I call it stevia. Um, and it comes from a plant, the stevia leaf plant. Um, and then monk fruit is kind of another new one that's out there in recent years. And they usually have some combination of all of those. Well, there's been a new one that's been around for the past year or two that has been highly controversial in the ketogenic space. The name of this one is allulose. So allulose, they claimed, was not going to impact your blood sugar, was not going to impact your blood insulin levels, and so therefore would be a friendly sweetener for people that are eating a low-carb, high-fat ketogenic diet. And up until now, there has not been uh, any FDA approval of this particular ingredient as generally recognized as safe. That's called grass status. Uh, and unfortunately, when it didn't have grass status, how did it have to be listed? It was listed as sugar on the label. And so I talked about this on Jamie Rance the other day. Somebody asked what I thought about allulose. And I said, until it is approved by the FDA, I can't put my good name behind that. Somebody will look at that and it's in the sugars. And then that reflects in the total carbohydrates. And I can't put my name behind that until the FDA gets their act together. Well, guess what, guys? The FDA has gotten their act together because allulose, and what we're going to talk about here today, allulose now has FDA approval. And what I think that means is that the keto food market is about ready to be flooded with so many new products. And you need to know about this. You need to know that now that allulose has been given the green light, uh, there are going to be so many companies getting in on the bandwagon. So I have a new story here all about this. This is from Food Navigator um, and the headline FDA guidance could prompt surge of interest in low calorie, tooth friendly, rare sugar called allulose. And so allulose, which is known as D-psychose, uh, is not yet permitted in Europe but it's now got generally recognized as safe uh, status in the United States, as well as several of the markets in Latin America. It's an ultra low calorie sugar found naturally in jackfruit and figs. Uh, and it has a clean taste, bulk and functionality of regular sugar, sucrose, and about 70% of its sweetness. So the reason why some of these companies have already jumped on the bandwagon of allulose even before the grass status was given by uh, the FDA is because of its property. If you've had any of these allulose products that are out there, then you know it tastes really good. It's got a nice mouthfeel. Well, a lot of that has to do with the cooking properties of allulose and why it works so well in keto products. It can be used to reduce or replace sugar in everything from baked goods candies, yogurts, ice cream, and it even browns when you bake it, which a lot of the sweeteners do not do that. 
It depresses the freezing point when you're making frozen products, which is why it will work well in things like ice cream. And it is highly soluble, which means it mixes well. There's no kind of mouthfeel. It doesn't have a cooling effect like erythritol. So anybody that's had a product that has erythritol in it, you know when you bite into whatever the food is, it's got this cooling effect in the mouth. Well, with allulose, you don't get any of that. And it also works well in conjunction with both monk fruit and stevia, uh, stevia stevia. And so if you're just joining us, you've heard me talk about lately that I'm waiting on the FDA to approve allulose as a sweetener, as a generally recognized as safe. And this approval, you guys, that just came down, this approval uh, means that they no longer have to list the carbohydrates from allulose in the sugars. That's where they had it before. And so that's now been lifted uh, thanks to this brand new FDA approval. And we're gonna get into why they approved it here in a minute. And it has to do with this company called Tate and Lyle. So I'll tell you more about that here in just a second. The problem for formulators and marketers has been that allulose currently counts toward the total sugar as well as the added sugar on the Nutrition Facts label, despite the fact that it contributes virtually no calories and does not raise blood sugar or insulin, which confuses customers, especially diabetics, and has deterred some manufacturers from using it. So this is the thing, you guys. I have articulated this very clearly. I could not support any company that put allulose in their products up until now because it would show up in the sugars. It would show up in the total carbohydrates. And so if it shows up there, even though it's zero calorie as a sweetener, if it showed up there, I would think people would look at me like I've lost my mind promoting a product that has 18 grams of sugar, even though the manufacturers, well, it's not the same kind of sugar as sugar. It's not a real sugar. You see, you see my dilemma. So this is really interesting because I wonder how many companies have been wanting to use this sweetener, allulose, and they've held back because of this, these concerns that I've articulated. And so get ready, guys. Now that the FDA has given approval to allulose to be used in food products, the keto market, you guys, is about ready to have allulose fever. <laughs> I can sense it coming now. There will be so many companies that maybe are still hanging on uh, desperately to some uh, sucralose sweetened product and they're gonna switch to allulose. There might even be some that are using stevia currently that will start using allulose in their products as well. And I don't think this is just an American thing. I think it's gonna come around the world. I gotta tell you though, as with anything new, I think we should always put on our hat of skepticism because I think that is healthy to question whether something is good or bad. Um, even though it's been given FDA approval uh, as generally recognized as safe, does that still mean it's something that keto dieters should be excited about? To be determined, I don't know. I think what, hap what will happen now is you'll get all these formulations of new products that will come in, and in the formulation of those products, they'll start sending them out to influencers, people like me, and if they want me to uh, endorse their product and or say this is good for you to try, then they're going to have to endure me doing some blood sugar testing. Um, 
Insulin testing is a little bit harder, but I would be willing to do that as well. And obviously I will report to you guys anything that I find in that aspect. So it's cautious optimism, I suppose, is how I'm uh, describing this. And again, if you're just joining us, the FDA has given generally recognized as safe approval to the sweetener you might have heard out there from various companies. Uh, they've been putting it in the products the last year or two uh, for allulose. So allulose is one of these new sweeteners and they're now giving it the green light that it no longer has to be listed as a sugar. Part of the uh, problem is it ends in OSE. So people have been told, oh, if it ends in OSE, that's a sugar. And so therefore avoid that sweetener. The problem is allulose is a sugar, yes, but it doesn't act like a sugar in the body. So I still think they have a public relations nightmare trying to explain why this is a gooder option. Uh, so a, a sweetener specialist predicts now that the FDA has decided to stop treating allulose like regular sugar on food labels. Now formulators will embrace it more readily. We have literally dozens of formulations we have queued up for customers just waiting for this ruling. So companies have already been developing products using this in, in beta. So, you know, kind of just testing the market internally, waiting for this approval to happen. And now that it's here, guys, I predict by the end of next year, by the end of 2020, there's gonna be so many allulose sweetened everything you could possibly think of it won't even be funny. Um, it's coming. The added sugar was a big issue, but no longer our phone and emails are now blowing up for requests for more products. So these companies that are testing it, they're already getting people saying, hey, we want this in products. This is a total game changer for the food industry. This is the first ever saccharide that is being pushed from added sugar on the Nutrition Facts label. Allulose no longer needs to be reported as an added sugar, so there will be thousands of new products. Oh, I think that's a that's a very conservative estimate that there will be thousands. I think we're looking at tens of thousands of SKUs, especially if big food gets a wind of this and, and hears that the market wants this kind of thing. We could be looking at literally tens of thousands of products that will have allulose in them by the end of next year. Uh, ba, 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 ba. This is such a great day and the end of a long battle. So this is somebody that's already, it's a company that's already using allulose and they're real excited because now it's a thing uh, to be approved. So the company that was involved in trying to make this come about is called Tate and Lyle. Okay. So they are a uh, sweetener platform and Tate and Lyle had done this citizen petition. So they put together the citizen petition and they were the ones that petitioned the FDA to make this sweetener um, grass, basically, generally recognized as safe. And so let me kind of quickly look on here to give you guys some of the highlights of what their intention was with this petition. They said that they wanted to use it in various products, including rolls, cakes, pies, pastries, uh, cookies, chewing gum, fat-based cream uh, that's used in like cookie cakes. So like think keto Oreo cookie, uh, pastries, hard candies like mints and, and candy, frozen dairy like ice cream, sorbet, 
carbonated beverages, so they want to put this in like soda, like a soda, an allulose sweetened soda, non-carbonated beverages, so flavored waters and, and, and fruit juices, soft candies, non-chocolate, plain chocolate, chocolate coated, sugar substitutes, which it would be a total, I don't know what color they're going to do because uh, green has been taken for stevia. Is it going to be a blue packet? And inside the blue packet will be allulose? I don't, I don't know. Um, yogurt, medical foods, ready to eat cereals, coffee mixes, beverages that are non-alcoholic, cereal, chewing gum, confectioner and frosting, uh, on and on and on, jams and jellies, sweet sauces and syrups. So looking at like barbecue sauce and ketchup using allulose. So again, if you're just joining us, the FDA has granted approval for the sweetener called allulose. It's kind of all the rage in the ketogenic community right now. Oh my gosh, it doesn't raise blood sugar, it doesn't raise insulin. And so it's a big announcement. A lot of companies see dollar signs in this now approval by the FDA. And I'm asking the question here, yes, we're gonna see the market flooded with all of these products using allulose, but has it fully been vetted? Do we really know all of the ramifications of it? I suppose once it's out there, as with everything else, it will become this beta test of all of us being the people that determine if it's good or bad. Um, and so I will be trying maybe a few of these things, testing my blood sugar, maybe even uh, spending the money to test my insulin response to some of this. But I got to be honest with you guys. As much as I love that there are options available for people that eat keto that can be a sweet option, I wonder how much we need to be relying on sweet as a preferred taste. And I know that's a controversial position, but think about it. Did our hunter-gatherer ancestors really have this need to have sweet on their taste buds all the time? No. Uh, even in um, 100 years ago, did they have sweet treats uh, readily available like we have today? No. Sweet was meant to be a treat every once in a while. So a little bit of my concern about the enthusiasm about this allulose is, do we really need to be having things that are sweet all the time? Now I get it. You want it there. You want options when it does come time. And let's say this allulose doesn't impact negatively insulin or blood sugar, some people would make the argument, well, that's an argument for uh, for having them often. Well, if it doesn't impact your blood sugar or insulin, Jimmy, why is it such a bad thing? And I wonder if we're training our brains to continue the sugar addiction that we're trying to overcome by using these products. Just thinking out loud, you guys, just trying to get you to think a little bit here, as I always do on Jimmy Rants, about whether this is a good or a bad thing. In the short term, I think it's a very good thing for all those newbie people that are transitioning away from sugary, crappy garbage types of foods. This is a good way, if it indeed doesn't raise blood sugar or insulin, it's a good way to transition them off of the crap and onto good stuff. Um, but I wonder long term, do we really wanna rely on a sweetener like allulose to kind of be a regular part of our diet? I don't think so. I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. Uh, so on the petition from Tate and Lyle, I'm continuing to look through it. So here, here's some interesting stuff. 
they requested allulose be exempted from the proposed labeling requirement as a sugar on the label and as a carbohydrate based on the concern that it will be misleading and confusing to customers. They claim in this petition that they did, which actually got the FDA to pay attention, allulose is not metabolized as sugar. Allulose does not raise blood glucose. Allulose has negligible calories and labeling allulose as a sugar will confuse those who have diabetes as well as consumers who are otherwise monitoring their blood glucose levels. So what I wanna see happen is now that this has been given the green light by the FDA and they always get the green light before these studies are done, but I wanna see a researcher say, okay, they think it doesn't raise blood glucose. Let's get us 300 people and let's bring them into a lab and let's test their blood sugar at baseline. And then let's let them eat a product that has allulose in it, a certain dosage, and you can do varying doses of the allulose to see if higher levels maybe have more of an impact or lower levels, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and test both blood sugar as well as blood insulin levels. And they can test it baseline, test it one hour and test it two hour. And let's see what impact this sweetener has. And I wonder too, because we don't know, does allulose require some kind of a bulking agent? We know when stevia came out, they had to bulk it up with erythritol because stevia was just so teeny tiny. And it's why those little packets of say, Splenda and NutraSweet are no bueno because they had to actually put sugar in the form of maltodextrin in it to help bulk it up. And I wonder with allulose, are they gonna have to bulk it up with something um, in order to make it viable as a consumer product? I don't know that answer, but I wanna see that research, you guys. I wanna see a researcher say, all right, this is a grand opportunity. I can maybe make a big splash in the nutritional health community if I test this new sweetener that the FDA has now put the uh, given the green light to. It wouldn't be that expensive. In fact, if we wanted to crowdsource a, our own little scientific experiment here on Jimmy Rants, I could charge you guys. Let's all go find a product that we all agree upon. It has uh, a majority of it is allulose and let's test it all together. How cool would it be if we had hundreds upon hundreds of people doing the same experiment where you test your blood sugar at baseline and then you eat the allulose food, the exact same one, and one hour postprandial, write down that number of your blood sugar, and two hour postprandial, write down that number. Let me work on that, guys. I think that could be really fascinating. Really, really fascinating. All right, so then they went through all of the reasons why this should not be counted as a sugar. I'm trying to see if there's anything else in the Tate and Lyle petition that was of interest. So they gave great details to all of those points uh, that they put in there. So the, the bottom line is it worked. Um, all of their arguments uh, that they made in this petition, uh, it actually convinced the FDA to give it generally recognized as safe status. So let's get back to the story um, and we can see what Tate and Lyle said about this. Uh, despite the fact that it contributes virtually no calories and does not raise your blood sugar, 
the fact that allulose has until now had to count towards total sugar on the nutrition facts has been con confusing for consumers. In addition, our customers are looking for solutions for both sugar and calories in their products. Allulose could only deliver on one half of the proposition when it came to the labeling. So up until now, they have been listed as sugars, uh, even though there was zero calories. Um, so they had the zero calorie part uh, and could, could tout that benefit. But up until now, they could not talk about it being sugar free because on the label, it's right there. Even though you try to explain it, you couldn't explain it because it's right there on the labeling. Now we can provide the sweetening ingredient allulose uh, that can really do both sugar and calorie reduction. We see it as a real breakthrough. Numerous customers across categories formulating with allulose just waiting on this label chain so the proposition is clear to consumers. We already manufacture both the syrup and the crystalline formats. So they have a liquid form as well as a powdered form. So the ingredient can be used across a broad array of applications, beverages, bakery, confectionery, and dairy, which we talked about before. I look forward to broad uh, adoption of allulose opening up a world of sugar-like taste but without the sugar and calories on the label. So the FDA in explaining their position and why they decided to give the generally recognized as safe distinction. Um, they got Susan Main, a PhD director of FDA Center for Food Safety and Applied Nutrition. She said the agency had taken uh, all of these points that were expressed in, this, in the petition and they acted. So here's, here's their official statement as to why allulose is now approved by the FDA. The latest data suggests that allulose is different from other sugars in that it is not metabolized by the human body in the same way as table sugar. It has fewer calories, produces only negligible increases in blood glucose or insulin levels, and does not promote dental decay. As such, we've now issued guidance starting today that we intend to exercise enforcement discretion to allow allulose to be excluded from the total and added sugars declarations on the nutrition facts and supplement facts label. So that supplement one is important too, because on the supplement label, they can use allulose and supplements without it being deemed either. Where allulose is used as an ingredient, However, allulose must be included in the total carbohydrate. So just like sugar alcohols, just like uh, erythritol, if you look at uh, the number of sugars on something that has sugar alcohols in it, it's not listed as sugar. Sometimes they'll add in a sugar alcohols so you can see the number of carbohydrates from the sugar alcohols. Uh, and But that total, total number of carbs that is in the allulose, they said, still will have to be reflected in total carbohydrates. And that's another concern of mine. If you put a ton of this kind of, of product into a, a, a food product, this kind of sweetener like allulose into a food product, it's still got carbohydrate in it. And if you're counting total carbohydrates, you still got to count that. And of course, there's an argument in the keto world about whether you should count net carbs, you should count total carbs. I'm a total carb guy because I think you have to count those carbs, even though maybe negligible impact on blood sugar, maybe negligible impact on uh, insulin levels. But at the end of the day, you got to count all the carbs. And so if you if you include counting total carbs, then you're going to be honest with where you are. 
Dr. Main continued, allulose will still count toward that caloric value of the food on the label, but the guidance document issued today states our intent to exercise enforcement discretion to allow it to be used on a revised lower calorie count. So instead of four calories per gram, as is true with sugars, it will be revised down to 0.4 calories per gram. So it's about a half of a calorie per gram of allulose, which is so negligible, it's not even worth mentioning. As with other ingredients, allulose must still be declared in the ingredients list, uh, and that will be a problem because there are people that are becoming wiser to reading labels. And so if they see OSE at the end of an ingredient, there's a lot of people that will put it right back, Jimmy Moore included. I have trained my brain that if I see OSE in anything, it's going right back again. I'm not even gonna touch it uh, because that's generally a sugar. And let's keep in mind, allulose is a sugar. It's just a sugar that acts differently in the body according to what they're uh, stating here. This is the first time that the FDA has stated its intent to allow a sugar to not be included as part of the total or added sugars declarations on labels, a reflection of our flexible and sound science-based approach to food product labeling. So the, uh, the FDA is patting itself on the back here. See what we did there? <sighs> yeah, we're awesome. Uh, pa -pa -pa -pa. So, Manufacturing uh, companies that are making this ingredient allulose, uh, primarily in Mexico, are getting ready to ramp up production. So again, if you joined us late, the FDA has granted approval to this sweetener that you've been hearing about in the keto community called allulose. And what this means is we're about ready to see the keto food market explode. It's about to have so many allulose sweetened products out there and I'm asking the question out loud, okay, we're gonna have all these new sweetener, uh, sweetened, allulose sweetened products out there. Is that a good thing? Or should we be happy about this? I suppose it's good to have another option. It's good to have something that could be a transitionary uh, thing for people that are new to keto to get them off of sugar. Is allulose better than sugar? Well, allulose is a sugar, let's be clear about that. But is it a better option than sugar? I suppose. Um, and so as a transitionary thing, I like it for that reason. But I wonder in the long term, should we be excited that we're going to have all these products that will be sweetened uh, with allulose? I don't know. Uh, so there are concerns about the name because of the OSE at the end. Uh, they don't think that's a very consumer-friendly name. Ultimately, a lot of the uh, public perception about allulose is going to come down to the price. It needs to be at the same level of price as erythritol or even lower. And so, so that's going to be the challenge for them from a public relations standpoint is, okay, is it going to be on par with price? Because, you know, you guys have bought like sugar-free chocolates and things. They tend to be a little bit higher in price where well, you're paying mostly for the sweetener in that. And so will it be cost effective? By the way, this carbohydrate uh, is from corn. So allulose comes from corn, goes through an enzymatic conversion to produce the sweet aspect of it. 
Our carbohydrate source is corn. It enables cost effectiveness and scale. In addition to corn, different sources of carbohydrate can be used such as sucrose from sugarcane or beets. They could also use non-GMO uh, corn for those customers that want non-GMO options. Our current thinking is that consistent with the FDA uh, Federal Food, Drug and Cosmetic Act for the nutrient declarations to assist consumers in maintaining healthy dietary practices, we should uh, consider not only the chemical structure of sugars, but also other evidence, including their association with cavities, uh, their effect on blood glucose and insulin, as well as caloric distribution when determining whether a sugar should be included on the total sugars on the label. So the official draft guidance that took place on April the 17th, 2019, says allulose is different from other sugars. It's not metabolized by the human body. It has negligible calories. It does not contribute to increases in blood glucose or insulin. And if included as carbohydrates and sugar on the nutrition packs, packs label, uh, it would lead to confusion, particularly consumers with diabetes, as well as those who want to accurately monitor their blood glucose. Allulose differs from traditional sugars in that it is absorbed in the body and excreted predominantly via the urine without being metabolized. So that's why it does not mess with your blood sugar and your insulin level. It gets peed out, basically. And it always amazes me when we have these kind of sweeteners and things, well, it's not metabolized by the body. And I'm like, it has to go through your system somehow. <laughs> what is it doing when it's in there? Is it, and what's it doing to the microbiome? These, these are questions, you guys, that while this is great news, for the people that want sugar-free options and want something different than what has been out there, I have to ask these questions out loud of, is the FDA approving allulose a good thing or not? To be determined, I don't think we know enough at this point. It hasn't been fully vetted in scientific literature, uh, which is again why I encouraged earlier, maybe we here on Jimmy Rants should do a citizen science project uh, once we see what the most popular allulose sweetened product is, let's all get it. Uh, they'll love that if, you, if we all bought their product. And, and then we test our blood sugar at baseline and test our blood sugar at one hour and test our blood sugar at two hour. Can you imagine if we got hundreds upon hundreds of us that decided to do this? So if you're watching on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube or you're listening on the Jimmy Rance podcast, how cool would it be if we did this open experiment? Now, obviously it would be a little bit challenging because uh, of the variables of everybody doing their own thing, but if a researcher isn't going to do this, we need to do that kind of research. And if you're concerned personally, is this going to impact my blood sugar? Is this gonna impact my insulin level? The only way you can answer that question is for you to do the experiment yourself. So people often say, well, and they'll ask a question like that. Is allulose okay to eat on keto? And I'll always respond back to people like that. Test it. If you want to see, test it for yourself. I could sit here and tell you yes or no, but that doesn't tell me or tell you how it's going to respond in you. The only way you can know is for you to test it. So the bottom line in this Jimmy Rants, guys, is we have this brand new sweetener. It's about to be on all these companies lining up to try to impress you by using this brand new FDA approved sweetener called allulose. And I'm asking the question, is it worth it? 
Do you really want to do that on your ketogenic lifestyle? Do you really think that another sweetener is going to be the grand answer to all your health problems? If you do, then you have deeper issues you need to kind of work through. Because I think at the end of the day, our goal long-term with keto isn't to keep eating these kinds of foods. Our goal long-term is to get away from the kind of sugary, sweetened, artificial or otherwise types of foods. Uh, living la vida low-carb, this show is changing lives. We talking about your diet, trying to get you feeling right. Cut up the avocados, fry some eggs, time to explore. The longest running health podcast, hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage, we're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal, yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused, don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the living la vida low-carb show. Hey. The Living Low Carb Show.com. Woo! Disc. <laughs>